Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and Vikings Territory for giving us a chance to post our pod there. Be sure to go check out the great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and Vikings Territory. And Kyle, the Vikings are back in the win column. Uh, we hope everyone's had a good Thanksgiving. I, do you, maybe you know this. I don't. I've never looked into it. Why the Thanksgiving falls on the Thursday? And I know people have to go back to work on the Friday. Uh, sometimes okay. again, we're we're Canadians, so we don't always understand this. Uh, I'm sure yeah. someone's screaming through their device. They're listening on, uh, just saying, "What are yeah, yeah. doing?" But uh, that's always I would think that basically any pod people have that reaction. What are these guys even thinking? This is I true. I think that's probably part of the course of this stage. This is this is true. Well, if if you know, reach out kindly. Um, or maybe I can just like search it into Google or something. Um but, uh let's let's talk about the Vikings game. And and this was uh I, I'm I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts because again, I feel like there's some games where you come away and you're very sure, like, okay, this is the storyline and, and this is what's yeah. happening. Um, this one, I'm kind of interested to see where, what stands out to you and, and kind of what you pull from, from this, um, certainly coming right. off of a humiliating loss, uh, to the Cowboys yeah. and yeah. then now have a win against a good team. Uh, yeah. lots of good stuff. Where are you at? Yeah. I mean, like if you would have pulled either of us aside before the season and said, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, you're going to go 2-1 and one in that stretch. And one of those wins, you're actually going to take down the friggin' Bills, you know, after being down by three scores in their stadium. I mean, come on. You know, that's, that's pretty good, right? Like, to my mind, I don't think uh, – I don't think getting blown out by Dallas is really that big. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like they had a bad game. It is what it is. Even if they had lost last night, you know, as long as it wasn't like – a completely horrendous effort where they just didn't even show up at all and, and look unmotivated. Then I just, you know, eight and three, you lost to a quality team. That happens, right? Like I wouldn't have been that concerned about it, but I think overall I feel a sense of like, you know, I admire the resilience. I think maybe that's how I'll say that like they're nine and two right now. And, uh, in each instance when they've had losses, both losses were pretty bad. They were never in the Philly game even though it looked closer, obviously, in the Dallas game. Uh, but they were never really in that game. And uh, they bounced back, right? And so I'll, I'll give them credit. And then if you can get head into what is essentially now kind of like a miniature bye week, not really a bye week, but like, you know, give the guys a pretty robust, hardy, long weekends, three, four days off kind of thing, you know, and, and get healthy and, and then kind of hit those final six games. Uh, I think you got to feel pretty good about where the Vikings are right now. Nine and two. Nine and two. I, I saw the someone posted last night. I haven't checked into this, but it seems right um, as the internet goes is that the Vikings magic number is at two now, um, which means a Vikings right. win yeah. and a Lions and, and Packers loss clinches the yeah. division. Yeah. Which is kind of wild considering we're 11 games and there's still six games to go. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, when when the when you're nine and two and the next best is four and seven, I mean that's a dramatic 
gap, right? It is dramatic. It's, it's, um, I was going to say, I think it speaks to the Vikings and how well they've played and also speaks yeah, to sure. how poor the, the NFC North division has been this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Particularly the Packers. I think you, you kind of expect that the Bears and the Lions, while improving, uh, likely maybe weren't going to go for a run for that, that, yeah. uh, division title. Uh, but, but the Vikings have to their credit again, they're, they're nine and two. So, Let's well, let's continue to talk about the positivity in, in that. And I think uh, I know you had a tweet last night um, talking about the things that it seems like uh, Kevin O'Connell is very good at and oh, the opening yeah. drive and stepping up in the fourth quarter when when you yeah. need. It. I, I'm paraphrasing what you're you're saying, but um, this team continues to do the things that they do well, uh, yeah. including the opening drive, including holding. Uh, the team are the, the yep. holding holding down the, these late leads uh, that they have. Uh, let's start with the the opening drive. Just what makes this so good? Because it looks it looks easy. Uh, I can't remember yep. if the stat was that they have six touchdowns now in opening drives before last night, or maybe if the, now they have seven. Or it again, they they've scored touchdowns on the majority of their opening drives now. Yeah, I think it's at seven now with last night's. If if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure someone could correct me if I am. Um, where I give them credit quite often, the opening drive, generally speaking, I think they do such a good job of integrating their various players, right? And so in that one there, I mean, you had the Dalvin Cook runs, you had a pretty good pass to Charlie Munt for 13 yards, Adam Thielen get in on it, Justin Jefferson get in on it. There was a 15-yard face mask penalty in the end. Jefferson scores a touchdown, six-yard touchdown. And so I thought it was really smart to begin by targeting Jefferson in the short area of the field, right? Just, you know, kind of almost like a, a death by a thousand paper cuts mentality where it's like you just start with those kind of body shots. And then later in the game, you see it pay dividends and that you can take those shots down the field a little bit because you soften them up, right? As so you can land that knockout blow. But you start with that underneath stuff, keep the chains moving, get various people involved, and uh, good things happen. Yeah, it uh, it's there's a lot of uh, really good things. I think the first drive uh, was this example of how they are able to really incorporate Jefferson into this offense. You, you got the pass. You got you got him throwing um, to that was Adam awesome. Seelen. Uh, you've that got him so just the way that they move moving around the field. It, I, I was thinking last night, uh, again, just Jefferson with another great performance. Yeah, they continue yep. to, um, yeah, be dynamic with him. And, and I was thinking that it's not even just about the yards that he gets, it's when he gets these yards. It feels like every time they're in third and long, every time they need a big play, you, you look back to the Buffalo game, it feels like he is the one that. Cousins targets. Um, and, and don't you just find based off what you've seen that like he's willing to give Jefferson a chance, even on throws he maybe wouldn't have made in the past for, for concern about getting intercepted. He'll give Jefferson a shot. And sometimes it, like more often than not, it works. Sometimes it hasn't, but like, haven't you found that's the case with him this year? Oh, absolutely. Like the, like the, yeah. I, I, I get excited whenever I see him like Kurt, you can see him load up and, and bomb it down yeah. the field. 
yeah. Uh, it's uh, and and like you said, they've had it feels like quite good success. Like I again, you remember the good ones, and and maybe you don't forget you forget the times yeah. it didn't work. I know there was an interception the one time there was a first half play. I, I don't I can't remember. It was a few weeks ago where he bombed it down to Jefferson and it was an interception. But I think you take those considering uh, all of the yeah. the other times that it's worked out. Exactly. But I just I don't know what else to say about Jefferson. Like even that that catch he had that ended up being negated because of the penalty. Uh, like the fact that he was able to somehow find that ball uh, and catch it. Like I, it just the the combination of skills that this guy has, um, yeah, is incredible. And like this marriage. I mean, everyone talks about Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins, and that makes sense. But Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson, you have a receiver who is a great leader, who is a great competitor, who is highly versatile. And then you have a head coach who's also your offensive coordinator and play caller, in essence, uh, offensive coordinator, who's willing to lean into that and let him, you know, let him throw the ball, let him, you know, take short passes, let him do intermediate and deep stuff. Uh, so the marriage between Kevin O'Connell and Justin Jefferson just seems like such a great fit. And then when you add in, if we always think of Jefferson's athleticism and all of this stuff, but man, his effort and his compete, his toughness, he's just honestly like he's just the full full package real deal dude's only 23 special he's really special yeah it uh it it is uh it is very special um i think the other thing that i wanted to highlight that i know we talked about special teams earlier in the the year and i think that there is certainly uh we could talk about greg joseph and uh there is a little bit of a habit of missing some of these extra points um yep which makes some of these games closer than they need to. I think if, yeah. you know, if like they're even the Buffalo bills game, like he missed an extra point that would have changed the dynamic of that. And again, yeah. we can't, you can't do revisionist history within a game because everything changes, but exactly. um, uh, Kenny Wong way taking it all the way back to the house. That was, Oh man. How neat was that? Eh? Like that was just so, I feel like he struggled this year. You know what I mean? And at times, you know, how often have we seen, you know, the first or second tackler get down and take him down, right? And he's and he's taking the ball out and he's getting tackled the 19-yard line, the 22-yard line, 16-yard line. And you're thinking, man, if we just if we just took that in the end zone, it's 25, right? Like we're giving up yardage. But I guess, you know, I mean, it's it's that possibility when he finds that scene and he's so fast. And then when he turns on the Jets, it's just, man, good luck catching that dude. He really moves well, really. Like, I don't think he's the world's toughest runner. Like, I don't think he's like, uh, I can't, I'm not sure who to uh, compare him to. But, um, like, he's not, like, super rugged on his feet, I don't think necessarily, but man, can he fly. And so, I guess, similar to what we were saying with Jeff Jefferson there, I think you take that, that risk and basically live with the results because you realize that, like, you know, this dude could take it back. To, to have someone that can do that, is huge yeah. and like you said i think there has certainly been times where uh, it doesn't feel like he's really gotten past that first line and even there's some times where uh you're hoping if the guy's going to return the kick that he at least gets to the 25 yard line and that's exactly. not always happening yeah um, but yeah, exactly. then you have a play like last night where he takes it all the way back and it's like right yeah i don't i don't, I don't care about all the times that you you get it to the 22 yard line or at exactly the yard line if you can do something like that exactly exactly and you know and that's you know fair is fair Excellent play from Wong Wu. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, just as we wrap up talking about the game, 
the the defense and I, I guess I'm kind of interested for you uh what you think of this defense we certainly know that there's yeah. uh, a string of injuries uh, and especially when you have a string of injuries to the same position a position yeah. that they're already you would say maybe a little bit weak and although I think that uh if you actually look at things as a whole while it felt like uh maybe it's gonna be weakness it feels like it's been okay actually uh this this season and even you see a guy like Shelly come in and uh do well but I guess yeah with all of that what did you make of the Vikings defense uh in a game like yesterday I'll give Shelly credit they picked on him at various points and sometimes he'll have plays but then other times like dude was there and kept fighting and so I'll give that guy credit I mean he's the CB5 coming in and playing on Thursday night with Thanksgiving opposite Patrick Peterson, right? Who's been having a really solid year. And so you know you're going to get picked on. And he was picked on, right? And, and but man, I give him credit for st- sticking, sticking with it. And uh, he had another pass breakup, mistaken. Where I was concerned really was the run defense wasn't good. Um, and it's surprising to me that the Patriots didn't run the ball more. Uh, it seems to me that that would have been the wise thing to do. I mean, Stevenson had seven carries for 36 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, I don't think the Vikings had a great answer for the Patriots running game, at least in a little bit that I saw kind of thing. But then Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Now, he also had 382 yards and a pair of TDs. And so it's not like he struggled. But it's surprising to me a little bit that um, the Patriots didn't get a little more balanced there. And basically what I'm trying to get at here is credit to Shelly, um, but I still have some concerns about this defense. You know, 26 points was that one disallowed touchdown. Um, who, if, You know, if I'm being honest, I don't even know if this should have been overturned. I, I, I know the rules analysts on the, on the broadcast said that it should be. And uh, clearly the league agreed they, they overturned the call, but I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, yeah, anyhow, well, maybe leave that, but uh, I don't think it was a great day with defense. And I think they were saying, I believe Mike Trico was saying at the beginning of the fourth quarter that they, they didn't hit Mac Jones one time, which is nuts. Like you think you're two edge rushers and then some of the other talent you have, and you don't hit the quarterback one time through the opening three quarters, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know you have issues in the secondary, so if you can't cover for very long, what do you therefore have to do? Well, you therefore have to pressure the quarterback. And they just weren't, right? And, and so that to me is quite concerning. It's at times the defense, and I don't know your sense of it, at times the defense feels passive, indecisive. Like it's just easy to move the ball on them. Um, and I know that some of that is due to philosophy in terms of, you know, the coverages they're playing, keeping things in front of them, so on and so forth. But uh, it's discouraging a lot of times to watch this defense, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that that's it makes a lot of sense. I It's kind of shocking, actually, if, if you look at uh, the pass breakdown from, from what I can see, 13 rushing attempts by the Patriots and 39 yeah. passes. Uh, yeah. and, Which is and nuts. I, it, and that's especially considering, I think that if as a Vikings, like as watching the Vikings the whole year, this run defense has never really felt um, yeah. strong, maybe even like it, yeah. it feels like 
teams are able to pick up five, six yards pretty consistently yeah, against yeah, the team. And I know that once you get yeah. into a spot where you're, when you're down, you're going to pass more. Once you get a spot when uh, you are in a longer yardage. And, and I think like, again, he said, they still had success throwing the ball. Uh, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. And that, and I guess this is maybe the concern that I have as you talk about, like, you know what, it does feel a little bit passive uh, and then some of it's by design, but there were several plays that the the Patriots got some significant yardage on uh, yeah. yesterday. Like even I, I'm looking at the, the, the game script and seeing the way that um, the, the longest yards that each of the, the receivers had for the Patriots since you got Steven uh, uh, Steverson going for 40 yards, Aguilar 34 yards, Parker yeah. 40 yards, yeah. uh, Henry 37 yards, Myers yeah. 26 yards. Like those are significant plays. Uh, yeah, that's right. So it's like, if you're going to do one thing, then uh, like, if you're going to kind of say like, we're not going to give up the big play, but we're going to do this, then I don't know. What are yes, you? I mean, that that's five players saying that's a good point. Five players who's long is 25 plus. That's an issue, right? Like that's a major issue. And so they can churn out yards in the ground. They didn't, which was strange, but they can. And they can also, that's the thing is like, if, if you're saying to yourself, yeah, they found that success down the field, but they completely nullified the run game. They completely took it away. That hasn't been the case, right? Like there's been, it feels like at times, I, I don't know if they're trying to do too much or if the guys are still adjusting to the system or what the deal is, but, um, you know, they're basically taking this approach and sometimes it feels like they're leaving everything open rather than, you know, nullifying one thing like, yeah, you can pass the ball, but nothing's getting deep on us. Or, yeah, you can, I don't know, do X, Y, or Z, but we're taking this away from you. And, I mean, that, and that's, that's the Belichick strategy, right, is identify your best thing and take it away and, and see if you can actually beat us with your second or third option. Now, in the end, that didn't work out very well for me yesterday. Jefferson could still, you know, do his thing. But uh, at times, this defense just feels far too passive. Far, far too passive, far too soft. Um, and only so much really can be blamed on Dalvin Tomlinson being out at the corners. Those things hurt, certainly, but every team is injured. And so at some point, you got to figure it out here and, and play, you know, tighter, crisper defense. Yeah, I, I think so. It's, uh, yeah, I think we, like, we'll, maybe we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the, the game coverage here and talk, look a little bit to next week, but I think that sure. uh, this is certainly a room for improvement. Um, yes. And, uh, and I guess even though you think about some of these plays, like I, I was remembering the Stevenson, the, the 40 yard play was kind of a, a screen. Uh, right. It was a short throw yeah. and he just, he was able That's to get right. that field. So again, I, I think that, the, there is some things to fix, but I know I, I've seen an image going around on Vikings Twitter where they talk about kind of the graph of emotions through the game and yeah. you, you start off high and then you go through and kind of wonder what's going on. And then in the fourth yeah. quarter, they go up like, again, I know that's part of the fan, but realistically, um, the results are there. They, they continue to do a good job yeah. and uh, we won't focus too much on on what's going wrong because yeah. something's going right because this team's nine and two yeah right and it's yeah true enough true enough yeah, okay um well i think that like we've kind of talked about and i think 
often as we see the schedule, we kind of see it in different chunks. And so uh, one of the chunks that was easy to see at the start is just everything up into the bye week. Uh, yeah. Then we talked a lot about this three week chunk between the Bills and the Cowboys and the Patriots. Yeah. Um, we now, like you said, there's almost a little bit of a mini buy from a Thursday yes. to, to next yeah. uh, Sunday, December 4th. And then it's kind of an interesting stretch here. We've got the Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, sorry, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, and then Bears. So exactly. you've got all of your uh, division rivals, all away games. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the those other three games, the Jets, Colts, and Giants, all at home. Yeah. Um, man, it'd be fun to play the Jets this week, considering everything that's gone on. Uh, Holy jumpings. That, yeah, uh, that's, uh, I'm very curious to see how that turns out for them. And I, I don't even think, Zach Wilson's dressing for the game. Like, no. I don't even, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not, right? So that's like, when you say he got benched, like, yeah, he got benched, dude. Like, he's not even, there's not even a chance he could play. It's, uh, that's, it's wild. So let, let's, maybe we'll, we'll take it a, just, we'll, we'll continue to take it a game at a time. So they got yeah. the Jets. Uh, it still feels like it's a little ways away, but um, again, I think, as you look at this team, especially considering that some of those division rivals are going to be hard games. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to see from the, from the Vikings team against the jets against the jets? Um, just a dominant suffocating effort from defense, you know, just no, the jets offense just has no capacity to do much of anything at all. Right. And that's basically identify so what did the Jets do well uh, with or without Zach Wilson and take it away and take it and then f- force that. And that, that would be my, my kind of main yeah, desire, main hope for that game. And then on offense, I'm nervous about the Jets game just because I think their defensive front front is pretty ferocious. Like I think they have the capacity to really get after cousins, uh, really kind of get into the backfield. They can pick up some time, ta- you know, TFLs and that kind of thing. Like, it's going to be a tough day at the office, I think, in some ways for the for the offensive line. But I guess we'll just see how it goes. I think it could be a bit of a grind of a game, if yeah. I'm being honest. Yeah, that's that's fair. Well, uh, you talk about the offensive line. I, I think that certainly without Darius Hall last night, they uh, still did okay. Um, I know the, yeah, the broadcast did. kind of highlighted some some positives yeah. there, and they uh, did do pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think that's what asking for is that when you do have injuries that this team continues to find a way and they've Precisely. done that so Precisely. so uh again we'll we'll wrap up uh the vikings coverage here just quickly i know minnesota wild uh they actually as we record friday morning they play the toronto maple Leafs today so uh okay so a win for the wild it's exciting good luck um, <laughs> yeah. but also i guess the other wild news is that they traded for ryan reeves uh, yeah right right and I so uh Ryan Reeves is definitely the kind of player that uh, your opinion on him will show what your opinion of hockey is in the sense that he's a a grinder, a fighter. Uh, Some people really like that. Uh, He's a strong dude. He's really really strong. He's a big, big uh, man. And and, uh, to be honest, I'm scared to play him because I know how physical uh, he can be. Uh, Yeah. Would you? I saw someone online make this comparison. Maybe you think it's silly, but is this like Gretzky and McSorley? 
you know, this is Kirill Kaprizov and Reeves, and it's just like you're not going to take any liberties with our skill guys anymore, kind of thing. Or what, like, what what is this? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and for yeah, I hope that context lands for for lots of people. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, maybe like, explain that. What that but, means. Yeah. But Gretzky, widely regarded as the best player to ever play, had yep. uh, Marty McSorley, who uh, actually was traded with him. Uh, when he tra- was traded from yeah. Edmonton to yeah. uh, the Los Angeles Kings um, yeah. way back in at the uh, at the end of the 80s and was kind of known as this guy who would stand up for him. He actually did some pretty um, crazy stuff um, mm-hmm. in, in retaliation. It was kind of a little bit of an unpredictable wild card. And so, again, I guess I can see the comparison. The thing is, like, uh, gone are the days where you put a guy like Reeves on the first line with the Kaprizov. Uh, yeah and have him out there so he's not gonna be on the ice at the same time as him uh that would completely ruin that line's uh ability to be uh an offensive threat but but certainly i think there is this concern about you know what if we take a liberty at this guy there is a chance that that a guy like reese can step in i think that uh bill garen was quoted saying that he he is looking for some more physical physicality in that Mm -hmm. bottom six and so Again, well, it, Ryan Reeves is a player that he wasn't playing with the Rangers. He'd been scratched yeah. eight of the last nine games. Yeah, um, right. he uh, he does carry a little bit of a cap hit for the kind of player he is. But um, at the end of the day, this might be something that helps the Wild out. Uh, pretty low acquisition cost. Uh, so be interesting to see see what happens here with uh, with a player like him. Sure, sure. All right. Yeah, well, we can uh, wrap up there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, enjoy uh, the extended week, uh, Sunday with uh, whoever you can, or maybe you're just going to watch more football. Uh, yeah. But we'll be back, uh, I guess, what would be the, the 5th of December, or whatever, the, the Monday after the Jets game, uh, to uh, to break down that. Take care, everyone.